this week's gospel, Jesus is asked for his teachings concerning marriage and divorce. While Jesus' answer silenced the Pharisees, there are many pastors who'd rather avoid this text. And in preparing this podcast, I thought I'd ask a few church musicians how they would approach the text and the hymns for that day. The angles of approach to the text varied from pastoral to focusing on the idea of relationships and to addressing the context of Jesus' situation. Let's listen in. So we have with us today uh, Paul Reese from St. Michael's Church over on Meeting Street. And we have uh, Katie Holland from uh, Redeemer Lutheran Church over in Avondale area. How are you all doing today? Doing well, thank you. Doing great, thank you. All right, so today we're uh, taking the uh, Revised Common Lectionary, and uh, it's a very difficult passage, just the one that every pastor groans when they see it come up on their time to preach. Um, yeah, this, but this, this could be an interesting text. And what we decided to do today is we have three musicians here, church musicians, and we've taken this uh, uh, gospel text and decided what hymn we think fits, what hymn, hymn would actually uh, mate well with this uh, uh, gospel text, no pun intended, and, um, you know, why we think it works. And uh, Paul, do you want to go first for us and tell us what you think? Sure. So um, even within Christianity um, and historic Christianity, there have been different views on what exactly Jesus meant. So I don't know as a musician if it's in our our best interest to kind of zero in too hard um, to that to the question of divorce. Uh, I also don't necessarily want to take the tack of another church musician I looked up when when you talked about this passage and they skipped verses uh, two through eleven about um, divorce and adultery and instead only focused on thirteen through sixteen, uh, right. which of course everyone feels wonderful about and we make stained glass windows about and um you know that's a feel-good part jesus says let the little children come of course maybe we forget the part that we have to be little children to enter the kingdom of heaven and what what exactly that means um maybe if you don't mind i would just say that uh just in general i actually have over over the last 20 years of of choosing songs for corporate worship tended to steer away from the thematic element. Um, I guess I I would more value um, songs that people are going to know really well and that they can sing from their heart and actually enter into that um enter into a time of kind of personal prayer and devotion um with the lord as opposed to always trying to specifically tailor the songs to to go with the readings so that kind of caveat there there is a there's a hymn called a christian home uh, which is essentially a prayer for marriages and a prayer for children sung to uh, the tune Finlandia. Wonderful tune. The, the text of this hymn goes, Oh, give us homes built firm upon the Savior, where Christ is head and counselor and guide, where every child is taught 
his love and favor and gives his heart to Christ the crucified. Um, so that your listener, I won't read it, all your listeners can probably Google a Christian home. The text is by Barbara Hart from 1965. Uh, that would be like if I if I did want to kind of zero in on that text and I knew the preacher was was really gonna um, talk about the the marriage, what it means, what Jesus is trying to say about marriage. Um, I think I, I think I would consider putting that directly after the sermon uh, because it it captures the idea that beyond just okay is it lawful to be married uh, married or divorced which is kind of the question that is asked Jesus here what, what does do it mean that, uh... what does it mean to be married what does it mean to be faithful in our marriages in our homes with our children uh, so, so it sounds like more about about relationship, you know, to Absolutely. focus more on the relationship. Yeah. Yeah. The hymn prays to that end. So yeah. Katie, what what did you have? Um, yeah, well, I also looked at the gospel and um I read some commentaries on it and um did some I kind of looked at where it falls in the context of the revised common lectionary and you know, the Sundays preceding it and the Sundays pros, you know, after it, um, they're all dealing with, um, you know, what basically, basically, you know, releasing the trappings of the world to follow Christ and also to, um, I guess, kind of um, accept and hold close um the goodness of of God's grace, and um, so I I I'm not leaving out those verses about divorce, but I do think that um, you know in the in the in the setting, that's not the point. Um, you know, uh, basically, it's a trick of the Pharisees again. They're trying to get Jesus to stand against the government, and you know Herod. And um, it's actually um, kind of points back to the execution of um, John the Baptist. And um, they're, they're trying to get him in trouble again. Um, so he answers in a way that um, basically says, you know, divorce was made by humans um, because we are hard of heart. So basically, it's not God's will that people be divorced, but because people are people um, and perhaps sinful by nature or bent or whatever, um, whatever the right words in your theology are, um, that it exists. And so, I mean, he kind of like smacks it on the head there and says it's not the human will, it's God's will for us that matters. And what God wants is um, for us to have all good things, which is where he turns to the kids. Kids. I always say kids instead of children, whatever. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, which is where he turns to the kids. And he kind of rebukes or chastises, maybe that's too strong a word, and says, let them come to me. And of course, you know, on September 19th, which we're coming up on, you know, Jesus has children, a child again. And all through these readings, it seems like Jesus is um, 
basically directing us that, um, you know, to treat each other with mutual respect and become the servant of our friend and neighbor. And so with that in mind, um, I looked various places and kind of did my, the first one that came to mind was our, our father by whose name, which is to the um, tune of uh, Rose Midre. And, but I don't actually think that's the best fit. I like a little higher on my list was, um, and I am going to butcher, butcher, butcher this tune name. I've never been good at Welsh or Swedish. Trigare con ingen vara, which is children of the heavenly father. Um, And it was written um, by a Swedish uh, woman. Carolina Lena Sandel, um, and she was born in 1832. She lived till she was 71. Um, the words are very pietistic. They're very um, kind of warm and fuzzy, but all through the hymn, it talks about the security of God's children and um, basically that God um, calls us, protects us, loves us. Um, you know, there's nothing that can sever us from the love of God. And so, um, you know, and it was just put to um, a Swedish or a German folk tune. I think it was, it, depending on where you looked, it said Swedish or German. So that's that's where I, I, um, I went, just reminiscent of God's enduring grace. Kind of interesting. That's kind of, I, I wonder if it's a Lutheran thing, because uh, I was more focused on you know the uh maybe the grace side of thing yeah. i don't know it said as when i was reading you know when i look at the mark text you know it's like jesus they're, they're talking about divorce which in marriage is like mark suddenly follows up with the kids and so it's kind of like uh you know uh yes here's this very serious issue it's like oh hey look kids you know and everybody <laughs> loves kids <laughs> yeah so it's sort of, um, maybe he's more pastoral that way <laughs> maybe yeah maybe i don't know just trying to soften the blow there or something i don't know you know for me it, it, the text um i i like to hit things head on in mm. uh and uh so uh, you know, looking at the uh divorce marriage uh text to me it's is accepting of the idea that it just is what it is. It's here. Divorce is it's just a part of life. It, it does exist. It's there. It's just something mm-hmm. that happens. And so for this, I was trying to think, you know, but what's the constant, in, uh, even in the middle of, of strife, you know, divorce or, or, you know, good times or bad times in a marriage, and, you know, God's grace is always there, you know, and the one hymn that just kept coming to my mind is, um, uh, uh, new marks uh, him if you would trust in God to guide you mm. and uh, it just felt like you know that's a hymn that you know a divorce maybe uh, which is like the death of a marriage right death of a future the uh, the third stanza you know says the Lord our restless hearts is holding in peace and quiet content we rest in God's good will unfolding what wisdom from on high has sent God, who has chosen us by grace, knows very well the fears we face. You know, and I just think with people involved in in divorce, uh, I think this would be a hymn that would just speak directly to them. After we offered our hymn selections, we went off script into a discussion about the Lutheran hymn of the day 
and how music varies in different worship traditions. I served under a Lutheran minister, not in a Lutheran context, for um, a year or so. And I was made aware of the Lutheran tradition of the um, kind of the, the gospel hymn or the head hymn or the sermon hymn, mm-hmm. which uh, in the Anglican and the Presbyterian tradition, uh, which is where I, my background is, we don't have that. Mm-hmm. So like you might have the hymn that follows the sermon, but it's a little bit, I feel like it's a little different than the hymn of the day, if you will. Um, which I think, if I'm understanding correctly, goes all the way back to Bach cantatas. Like you would write the cantata on the hymn of the day. What is your? Uh, do you have a perspective on that, or would 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 you choose that hymn, the the hymns that you both mentioned, for the head hymn of the day, or maybe just help me understand that a little bit? I'm intrigued by the concept. Hmm. Well, I I yeah. usually pick out. Oh, go ahead, Jason. I'm sorry. Oh, right. No, ladies first, please. Okay. Well, um, I in I'm predominantly Lutheran, although I have served um, in an Episcopalian parish for a couple years, um, and um, it is it is it does seem to be like less specific in the hymnody, um, and more um, kind of sacramental hymnody, I guess you could say. Like it's more. Um, yeah, usually like in the in the hymns closest to the word, like you would have hymns that are kind of celebrating the word of God coming to us and things like that. And things closer to like the Eucharist, you would have more hymns like about Jesus's goodness and feeding and things like that. And um, in the Lutheran tradition, actually, you're right. The hymn of the day is a little more general. Um, you know, th- and it actually goes back even further than Bach to, you know, Martin Luther. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, um, yeah, uh, but I think in kind of, I, at least in me, uh, you know, for me, when I'm picking out the hymns of the service, I kind of, um, I do try and draw from the gospel because just because of the hymn of the day's proximity to it and, and proximity to the, the sermon. And I think it's a different way of preaching in some ways, but I also try and take into account, you know, um, you know, when all else fails, you know, celebrate God's goodness, um, or pray to follow God. Like, you know what I mean? Like, those are the two themes that I kind of fall back on more generally. Yeah. How do you go wrong there? No, I know. Right. (laughs) And see, for me, it's, you know, like um, in our bulletins, you know, we have, you know, there's gathering uh, word, meal, sin, you know, these four parts of the service. Mm-hmm. In the heading, we put, you know, we, we kind of, in the bulletin, we put headings, you know, we're in the word portion of the service. And directly underneath that is a little subheading that says the people proclaim the word of God in uh, song or word and in song, reading the word, prayers of song. And so... Uh, I've always approached to him of the day as the opportunity for the people to preach. Um, you know, it's oh, where the, yeah, the pastors had their say. Now we have ours, uh, and uh, so together it's almost like an antiphonal sermon. You go from a spoken word to a sung word um, uh, type aspect uh, in the service, but all of that leads us towards the table, you know, of grace. I love in the Anglican and Episcopalian orders that I've, you know, seen 
um, how the creed directly follows the sermon, though, because in some ways it is acting then as the Lutheran, the very, very, you know, broad, you know, hymn of the day in that the people respond. Right. You know what I mean? And mm -hmm. and in some ways, the creed then becomes the hymn of the day, which is really what we strive for. Right. We strive for the, the hymn to be a proclamation of what we believe, you know, a response. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Let the people say or sing Amen. So Sunday, whether our gospel is about marriage, divorce, or kids, let's remember that in word, creed, or song, we proclaim the good news found in Jesus Christ, a news of grace, love, and hope, able to carry us all of our days. Till next time.